Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope podcast. And thank you so much for joining us here on Patchwork Heart Radio, Patchwork Heart Ministry, uh, Fiat Ministry Network. Wherever you are listening to this, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our ministry, which is simply to sow hope into broken hearts. As always, I am joined by my friend, uh, Ann DeSantis, and uh, welcome, Ann. Uh, good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm just awesome today. So good to be alive. So good to be here with our amazing guest yeah. and with you, Bill, as always. Yes. Why don't you tell us about our guest? <laughs> yes, we have Donna A. Heckler. She is a friend of, actually, of, of ours, of Patchwork Heart Radio and of the TV show Journeys in Faith, where she was a guest. And Donna is an author and also an advisor. And she is a global marketing executive who's been blessed with a prominent career in the corporate sector, recognized as a, th a thought leader in brand and marketing, marketing strategy. She is co-author of the book, The Truth About Creating Brands People Love. Donna penned the acclaimed book, Living Like a Lady When You Have Cancer, after her stage three cancer diagnosis. Donna is a Catholic author and speaker with a knack for insightful and engaging storytelling. And she is the author of the new book called Marketing God, which I have in my hand right now. And since this is a podcast, nobody can see me holding the book. And I love this book so much. It's inspired strategies for building the kingdom. So welcome, Donna. Oh, thank you, Anna. It's so good to be with both of you. Yeah, it's great. It really is. And uh, you are such a gifted author, and you and I are getting to know each other because you're even going to be helping me uh, with some work with uh, the foundation that I represent. That's the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. Because marketing God really is for all of us, all of us who are looking to evangelize, all uh, nonprofits, people who, who are in ministry. You know, it's even for people who are inspired by their own faith and want to know how to speak to people about what we believe and the importance of faith in God and in the church. So I commend you for writing such an amazing book and for all the great work you're doing. Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, that book would sort of, um, it, it was interesting. I don't recall if I told you how it came about, but please do. The idea of it actually came to me at mass. Um, 
So it, it was, I would go to morning mass, right? And I'm at morning mass and this idea pops in my head, write a book called Marking God. And my reaction was, oh my gosh, who said that to me? Because I knew my feeble brain wouldn't have come up with that. And then I thought it must have been the devil, right? Because it just sounded like such a bad title. And then I thought, wait a second, if I'm any good at marketing, the devil wouldn't want me to write this. And then it occurred to me where maybe the inspiration was coming from. And I have to tell you, I was terrified to write this. I mean, yes, I've done all this global marketing and I've done big grants. I've done that stuff, right? But somehow applying it to faith, ah, it was scary for me, quite frankly. But as the book unfolded, I was like, you know, there's just a lot of things that I knew from corporate and I think they matter for parishes and ministry. So I, I say all that by way of saying thank you, thank you for your kind words about it, because it was a scary endeavor for me. Well, I truly mean it because I have the book itself and you and I have talked about it and you know, it's the kind of book that if you are a pastor, if you work at a church, if you're in any kind of ministry, and as I said, even, at, you know, a couple uh, paragraphs ago, that if you uh, wish, if you have a heart for evangelizing, this is a book for you. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And uh, it, it's easy to read there. I think there's, I think you told me there's what, 40 chapters, is it? Yep. Yep. 40 chapters. And each has a statement and only maybe a few pages to read and some reflections. Right, right. Well, and that was the entire intent. So, I mean, you know, when you do any of our careers, right, you're in marketing, you're in law, you're in finance, whatever it is we're in, we've spent years figuring these things out. And so you can't possibly put it all out there. And so my thought was, what are maybe 40 insights? What are some of the best insights that I make sure I always use and now let's apply them to our faith and what I tried to do in the book was to pull secular examples because we all know those you know um I used to run marketing I think we've mentioned that before for Energizer right so everybody knows Energizer and they know the right going and going so if I use that as an example then people resonate with it because they get it. So we try to make sure in each chapter there's a secular example, and then we try and apply it to faith so that we could sort of see how that idea might manifest itself for a parish or religious order or ministry or or whatever you're doing from evangelizing perspective. So, and, and then there's a chapter in there called Marketing and Evangelizing our different or are similar but distinct something along that as a title because they do feel like they're really connected but there's some elements to them at least for me that seems a little bit different so I would try to maybe articulate how I view evangelization and marketing in the context of evangelization so yeah you did an amazing job and I think through the Holy Spirit and how God came to you with that title. I mean, a title says a lot, really does. A lot. So I should, if I can, finish the story um, about the title because, you know, in typical Donna form, I mean, I know your listeners don't know me, but you do. I can argue and argue and argue a point. So I was arguing and arguing and arguing this with God. I was like, no, you do not want a woman named Heckler to write a book called Marketing God. You just don't. And it was during the rosary 
But I, I, we always say we're in pre aftermath, that I'm praying this and arguing with God. And this, this thought came to me. And the thought was, if you can help people be loyal to batteries, can't you help them be loyal to me? If you can simple, help- simple, but true. Can't you help them be loyal to me? And I was like, okay, I get it. You win. I, I can't argue with that. You're right. And that's yeah. what marketing is for me. It's about loyalty. And that became sort of the, the North Star for the book. How do we help people be loyal to that? That's a really good insight. I think it's a really good insight for our faith, too. Uh, maybe just touch a little bit upon loyalty, uh, mm-hmm. Donna, because, you know, um, I think in our disposable culture, you know, we, we run from one thing to the next, and we are fascinated by the, uh, the, the current trend, right? The current brand, the popular brand, and it seems to come in and go out just as fast as uh, the next one does. And right. so that, there's something to be said, though, about being loyal and true to a certain um, product out there in the world, but also loyal and true to God in good times and bad. And so... Um, I think there's a lot of really important lessons there. Maybe you just want to touch on a little bit on loyalty. Sure, sure. So, you know, let me start from a secular perspective first, um, and, and, and then we'll sort of parlay that into faith. So from a secular marketing perspective, when we think about loyalty, we want, at least I, this is how I operate it. I try to be a good one. I would try and offer a customer, client, something that was valuable to them. And when I did, I would try to always honor my promise. So, so for instance, with Energizer, if I told you it was long-lasting, that battery had to be long-lasting, right? That's how it had to work. I had to honor my promise. And I had to listen to somebody to understand what they needed. Um, And when that happened, this was a two-way street. I'm hearing what they need. I'm making sure that my battery is long-lasting. And they develop loyalty to the brand, but also I'm loyal to them as a user, right? So loyalty becomes the utmost thing because in the end, when it's when you're loyal to something, you no longer have to think about it. You absolutely go there and rely on it. So let's apply that to faith. If we are loyal to God, then we are absolutely relying on God. God has offered so many promises to us. We have so many promises through the Bible, through our faith, and he honors those promises. But likewise, we need to continue to engage with him. We need to share what's going on in our lives, and then he brings those promises back to us. And it's that two-way street that takes us down this path to constant loyalty to God. But to your Phil, it is so often that there's a shiny object. It's like, you know, oh, look at this, or oh, look at that. And we turn our heads to the shiny object. And what happens when we turn our heads to a shiny object? We're turning it away from God. So the whole point in loyalty for me is to make sure that we are ever vigilant on what is our focus. And we as Catholics are focused on God, we're focused on our faith, we're focused on following Christ, and in doing that, that is where our faith deepens, and that is where God continues to invite us into a deeper place. And it's 
You know, I could probably ramble on some of these things for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in a great way, though. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, that, you know, I mean, I think it's so practical, too. Right. Like I like I think what you're talking about is such a practical thing that almost actually every person can grasp it. Every listener that's listening to this right now can grasp what you're talking about and can understand it because of the real world examples and because of, you know, this is this is basically how we should we should approach almost every aspect of, uh, of our lives. Right. You know, like, OK, we're going to we're going to be faithful to this. We're going to be loyal to this. Uh, because we're, we're invested in this because we like it, because we enjoy it, because there's some aspect that attracts us to it. And I don't have to turn my head and, and look at all these other shiny objects, as you said. It's just, let's take a look at at being loyal to the most faithful, uh, <laughs> the most faithful God that we have. I mean, God is going to be faithful to us no matter what, right? He, he's He's... He's bought into our brand of humanity 100%. Oh, that is so perfect. That is, Phil. That was great. That, yes. Very creative and, and spirit-inspired. Yeah. You know, one thing I would offer is that as I wrote the book, one concern I had is I didn't want people to think that I was encouraging individuals to become loyal just to their church or just to their ministry. I see those as pathways to being loyal to God. So I sort of put that out there because we don't want to, we don't want to stop. We don't want to, okay, I'm going to church every day. I'm really loyal to my parish. That's not the end point that we're seeking. The end point we're seeking is that loyalty to God. And so trying to make sure that that was incorporated in the book for me would be really critical. Um, you know, what's that end point? Because again, as humans, it's easy. Okay, I'm there. I'm really loyal to this, right? And I'm done. No, we're not done. We're not, because that's not what the influence is. The influence is God. So well said. So well said. You have a, an amazing faith journey yourself. And I mentioned when I read your little bio that you had, uh, after your stage three cancer diagnosis, you know, a lot of things started to happen there. I wondered if you could take us on that journey. For people who don't know you, I think you just have a beautiful faith journey to share with us. Oh, well, thank you, Anne. Of course, I'm happy mm -hmm. to share. So, so my career was in this global market, right, which is really busy, really crazy busy. We all have crazy busy lives. Mine just happened to occur at work. Um, so I managed big budgets. I ran big brands. I traveled the world. I had lots of people. And then I had what I called a timeout. And I like to say, in fact, my speech is that God gave me a timeout. Um, in fact, he gave me two. The first timeout was a really freak like injury, and we weren't sure I'd ever walk again. Um, I do walk, and all was fine, but it was maybe about a month after I was just getting off crutches that we discovered stage three and so here I am, I've just gone through all this stuff with the leg and now I'm going through all the treatments for cancer. And so in the period of 18 months, I had 12 surgeries, I had chemo and I had radiation. And the one thing that I had to do was just sit quietly. For somebody who was always crazy busy and running all over the place, I had no choice but to sit quietly. And I think it was in those moments that God started speaking that 
or maybe I should say, God was always speaking to me. I just wasn't quiet enough to hear him, right? So I started listening in the quiet of the healing. And so when I was finished with all the treatments, I was still at work. I worked the entire time. Um, when we came to my cancer marker plan, and my oncologist, three years after all my treatments, invited me to leave my career. That's how she put it. I invite mm. you to leave your career. That was a big deal for me. So I did, and I wondered what I was going to do next. But by this point, I was listening to God quite a bit and started to do things like go to daily math. I had the time to do that. Um, I didn't make the time before, but I easily could now. And I started to lean into my faith, is how I would say it. Um, I was asked to speak about my faith and what happened with the cancer. Um, and I was brought up that you don't really talk about faith. It's how you live your life. I think a lot of us are brought up that way. Yes. So my reaction was, there's no way I'm going to talk about my faith. I don't do that. You know, and um, people are like, well, we'll give you an award if you do. Well, maybe I don't want the award, right? And <laughs> I, you know, I just really had a hard time with this. Um, but... Again, I was listening to God, and I gave this talk called, and then God gave me a time out. And for a marketer who has spoken all over the world, I've never had a standing ovation before. And when I finished giving that talk, people were standing, and they were crying, and they were saying, you know, we all go through these things. We go through bad things in our life, and your witness of it is so helpful for us. So... So that was sort of the shortened version of the journey. But those things opened up the door for me to do so much more, for me to um, support various not-for-profits, ministries, religious orders with marketing, for me to write books, for me to speak on faith. I mean, there's so many things now that I do, and they are 100% centered on faith. And so that is just this beautiful outcome as a result of this journey I've been on. Thank you so much. I know there's a lot more to your journey and you, you you shorten it up because we do have lots of other things to talk about, but I would invite people to go to your website and get to know not only you, but also the great things that you're doing. And her website again is DonnaAHeckler.com. Don't forget the A, that's her middle initial. And she's got a beautiful website and it's all about Be Radiant. I wondered if you could speak about Be Radiant. Oh, of course, I love to talk about being radiant. Um, so being radiant, this idea that actually came to me when I had cancer. Um, and, I, and I was really sick. I mean, honestly, when you go through all of that and sure about amount of time, it's hard for a body to process that. So I was going through one of my final chemos, and I was so ill from that that I could hardly lift my head. I would have friends come by and bring me soup. And this one friend, Mary Beth, was coming by to bring me soup um, for lunch. And usually, I would have a wig on the table at the front of the house so that I could throw the wig on and say hello and try and be somewhat okay, right? And I called her, texted her that morning and said, I, I can't even get up off the sofa. You'll just have to come in on your own and I won't have a wig on. So she comes in and she takes a look at me. And you can see she's, she's just overwhelmed by the appearance of cancer, quite frankly. And she said, well, why don't I go into the kitchen and I'll get our soup ready? 
than lunch. And she walks in the kitchen, and from where I'm sitting, I have sort of this odd angle view, and I could see into the kitchen window. And she's fumbling with the top of the soup container, and she's crying. But you know what really got me? She hadn't taken her purse off her shoulder. Somehow, she was so overwhelmed with what she was seeing. She hadn't done something as simple as that. And as I laid on that sofa, I said to myself, well, probably somebody gave me these words. You need to be radiant to Mary Beth today, Donna. You need to be radiant. And I remember thinking, how is that possible? Um, and the reaction was, you can use your eyes, and you can use your smile, and you can let her know it'll be okay. And she came back with the soup, and I don't know that we even had one sip of it. Um, but I tried just to smile to her, and I really tried to look at her with love and let her know everything was going to be okay. And she smiled, and that's when I knew that we were getting through to her, and it wasn't me, right? It was God. And that became my mantra. That became this idea that we can radiate God. We can let God shine through no matter where we are in our lives. Even when I was so sick. I could look at somebody and open my eyes up to love and to God, and he would do the work. He would turn through and touch her. So that became this, this mantra. And, and so now when I speak, I talk about radiance. But importantly, I think I just, I, I pray about radiance. I try and find radiance in my everyday life myself. I still use it all the time. Um, it just, it inspires me to let God change well, what comes to my mind is the idea of survival and thriving. And even if you're going through some kind of a trial, you can still, in some ways, as hard as this might seem, you can still thrive. Am I right? I mean, you would know better than I on this topic. No, you absolutely are right. I think that was the piece that was so odd, if you will, to me is here I am at this really dark point where I can't even say two words so it wasn't up to me if I was radiant that meant I was allowing God to shine through he was doing the work he was touching other people it wasn't me and that God is there even in those darkest moments and I felt that because I saw Mary Beth's reaction um, that wasn't up to me that was a God and and so yeah radiance is there all the time because God is with us all the time if we allow him to shine through us. Yeah, totally, totally. And I know that there's people who are listening, Donna, you know, we're going through this pandemic right now. I mean, I'm kind of hoping we're on the tail end of it, but who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah, yes. Pray to God, I bless him myself right now, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but in the at the end of the day, uh, as they say, you know, there's people who are going through some rough times and people who are either sick or lost their jobs or, you know, something, something, it could be anything. So I think hearing your story about how God shined through you at that moment and how hard, as hard as it was for you, you kind of just let God come through your smile and your eyes. That says a lot to all of us about how we can still be and I'll throw it in quotes because it, it, it really, it, it means something happy because the happy is more of that joy that you can get from living with God, if I'm correct. 
Yes, no, I think you're absolutely correct. It, it reminds me of just this past weekend, if I may share another story. Um, you, you know I have 20 a.m., don't you? <laughs> um, so this past weekend, my nephew was married, and um, oh, he's so faithful, and his now wife, so faithful. They are so fabulous. They were both and she still is focused missionaries and so joyful and, and just amazing, amazing people. Now I know I'm biased because it's my godson, right? But um, I couldn't go to weddings because of COVID. Everything has been shut down. No. You know, they couldn't have more than the immediate family, maybe 20, 30 people at most. And so I'm watching their wedding on Zoom. And let me tell you, I was not so radiant as I was getting dressed for the wedding because I thought, I'm still getting dressed. I'm going to do this as if I'm going to the wedding, right? Um, and then the cameras came on. And you know what I noticed? I was watching the wedding from the front. I don't know about you or your listeners, but whenever I get to a wedding, like I sit in a pew and I see the back of the groom and I see the back of the bride and I see the beautiful back of the dress, but they don't see their faces. At this wedding, while I wasn't there in person and it was heartbreaking for me, I saw their joy. I saw their love for each other. I saw their love for God. I saw their faith. I saw things that I would never have seen had I been there in person. And as I watched the, the wedding, I realized how radiant they were and what, in the end, the blessing it was for me to have been able to see it that way. And, you know, I, I guess I share that because in the midst of COVID, like there's hard things happening. And at the same time, maybe those hard things are causing us either to take a time out and see things differently, or perhaps like me, um, see faces at a wedding that I wouldn't have seen before. I, I just think that in the course of all of these things, there are still opportunities for us to find the radiance as, as hard as that can be sometimes. You said that so well, and I think that's a great message for people right now during this COVID-19. Uh, I don't, I don't know, if, know if I want to call it a lockdown, but somewhat of a lockdown still for some people to hear that there was something good that came out of you being able to watch it on Zoom. Right. You know, there is something good about it because, you know, let's face it, with Zoom, we could do something even like we're doing right now. I mean, we're doing this podcast. It's almost like the three of us are together. Right. And talking to people uh, about your great message. So, yeah, there's something I look at that as a plus. About it. Absolutely. There's something beautiful about uh, about this. If we if we kind of look at it from the perspective of gratitude and not one of, oh, my gosh, I've got to do this, you know, uh, via Zoom or via like like the the relationships that I know. Ann and I have created doing this podcast, uh, and oh, basically over Zoom, we've met once in person for about what an hour, Ann. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> and and only because God wanted that to happen. But the but the reality is is that you can experience just like Donna experienced at uh, this this wedding something fresh, something new. God is doing something new in your. Uh, relationships in your life uh, through this COVID, it just is a matter of coming at it from a perspective, you know, looking at it from a different perspective. 
And, and that's hard, especially when there's a lot of sadness, a lot of worry, there's a lot of fear being perpetuated all throughout society, right? I mean, there's a lot of that going on right now. But if you, if you can take a step back and go, okay, what are, the, what are the good things? And, you know, how can I, as Donna, you talked about earlier, being radiant through, um, you know, the darkest moments, how can I shine God's light into this situation? How can I put God in this situation? And once he's in the situation, it, it drastically changes the situation. That's what God does. So, um, yeah, I just think your example is, is, is wonderful. And uh, I, I, I just encourage everybody out there that's listening to this today, you know what, find the one or two good things that are going on in your life and, and allow that to shine through you to, to kind of scatter the darkness that's, that's you know, surrounding the other areas of your life or, or, or of your home or wherever else you are. Just use the good and uh, be, be gracious and thank God for, for, the, for the good that he is providing in this time. I love that, though, the way you articulated that. And it, it caused me to think another thing that I always have to do is I have to get myself out of the way. Um, so I, I don't know about it, you two, but like I really like to be in control. So, um, you know, I like to be in charge of everything and make it all happen. And part of this journey, for instance, even with the wedding, just to recognize that I was not in control. I was taking a step back. I was having to get out of my own way in order to appreciate what God was presenting to me in, in the love that I was witnessing of this wonderful couple. So I, I just sort of layer that on that it's, you know, it's letting God shine through. But for me, I got to say, yeah, God, I get the heck out of here. Let, let God do the work, right? And I see God in your smile right now, because as you're talking about it, the joy that you were able to experience, and I hope that your your godson and his wife are able to hear this podcast, because this is a real treasure for them to hear how much you were affected by that. And thank you for speaking to those who are listening, who are going through rough times, uh, because even, you know, people of faith, faith go through rough times too, and might even doubt whether God is, uh, is doing anything. Oh, you know, sometimes that happens in life, you know, that, that they can doubt whether, Hey, is God doing anything at all for me and my family or my situation? Cause it doesn't seem like it. Right. You know, I even experienced that as I went through the leg injury, right. You know, I'm sitting here in a wheelchair with a cast from toe to hip. I mean, my leg was straight out the entire time. And I couldn't move. I couldn't work. I was on disability for six months. I mean, this was just not how I lived my life. Um, but as I went through that, I started seeing more things, right? I started to see the flowers in my own backyard. I started to, to see and witness God in ways I hadn't before. So I really thought, okay, good. You know, I learned God. I get it. I'm just going to go to work from eight to six, not eight to nine. You know, I got the whole thing figured out now. Um, and, and when I give my talk about God giving me a time out, it's when I realized that he wasn't done with me. I thought that I had learned so much. I hardly scratched the surface of what I was supposed to learn and, and understand. And I think those are hard things for us. We're in the midst of something really difficult. 
when we know that we are really growing in that moment, what we don't understand is how much future growth is available to us if we allow it. We just see this little piece and we know it's so much better. Um, or maybe it's just a little bit better and we're wishing it was so much better. We just have no idea what all God has in store for us if, if we allow him. I admire all that you have been through and, and how you articulated. I'm picturing this cast and six months and thinking, my goodness, God bless you. <laughs> really, honestly. And, and looking at you now, how you're, you're a very positive person. And I know that, you know, faith is not, it's not about the power of positive thinking. I know you know that. I know that. Bill knows that. It is about uh, faith in Christ and, and a relationship with him. And he's the one that carries our burdens, right? I mean, he's the one that does it. And that's what the positive part is, right? <laughs> I mean, the positive part is that you have this best friend right. who's with you all the time. This best friend who cares about you. Yes, yes. And you know, the thing is, it's not that I wasn't Catholic before this. I'm a greater Catholic. I mean, and I went to church every Sunday. I sort of thought I was a good Catholic. But what I recognized was that I was following the rules. You know, I did what Catholics did because my career, my success was because of my head. It was, you know, I lived in my head. I did my work. And so I applied that to everything. And I think God used these time out to say, wait a second, we've got a heart here as well. And we need to open that up so I can shine through it. So, so I just share that because, you know, somebody once said to me, well, so you must have become Catholic after this. No, no, I was always Catholic. It's just that my approach to my faith opened up because I was, it, not because I was willing, I was forced to sit quietly with that, right? But that made all the difference, made all the difference. Yeah, I, you're such an authentic person and such a good person. And oh. I'm just so blessed by knowing you. I want to invite people again, just, you know, people who are coming in halfway through to go to DonnaAHeckler.com and get the book that I love so much called Marketing God, Inspired Strategies for Building the Kingdom. And it's got 40 chapters. They're short. They're easy to read. Uh, and it says here on the back cover that 40 identified corporate strategies that are most critical to faith-based organizations. So if somebody works for a church, if you're in ministry, if you're a nonprofit, whoever you are, you know, this book is for you. And also people who really care about their faith and they want to evangelize. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's it's so true. And and I mentioned at the beginning that you're going to be helping me with the foundation that I'm the director for as well. And I'm looking forward to that, the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. So keep an eye on our website for something going on there with, <laughs> with Donna at, at nonatus.org because I know we're going to be talking about doing something together related to all of this. Right, right. Absolutely. See what we can do. Yep. That's right. So... So I have a totally random different story to tell if you'd like to hear it. Please. Yeah, Please. absolutely. About the middle A, the middle A. So it's Donna A. Heckler. So my middle name is Agnes. Oh, now growing up. There's a story for that one. Oh, okay. who's Agnes, Bill? Tell us. Agnes is my Hello, wife. Hello, Agnes. This podcast. <laughs> my wife is named Agnes. Okay. 
So, so growing up, I was totally teased, totally teased that, that middle name, it was horrible. And so I would not use it at all. In fact, for many years, um, most of my life, in fact, until maybe about the past five or six, it was just on a heckler. I wouldn't acknowledge it. I had nothing to do with it. Now, it's a long line. That name has been used in our family for years. It's a very Catholic family, and I'm the last of the Agneses on the <laughs> So I was not using this name at all, and I had gone through cancer. In fact, I was in the middle of it, and I get together with a friend of mine. And, um, and she is a surgical oncologist, so she treats breast cancer patients. And she says, I said, well, what's the first thing you do when you go into the operating room? And she said, you know, honestly, the first thing I do is I pray to St. Agnes. I all but fell off my chair. I said, why? And she goes, and she's not Catholic. She said, well, I think she's a, the patron saint for breast cancer patients. And so I always start by praying to St. Agnes. So I went home and within seconds, I'm Googling what St. Agnes, you know, a patron saint of, um, for young women, um, you know, there's many things to it, um, but in fact, it's not breast cancer. That's St. Agatha, by the way. But I was so struck by that, that I thought, you know what? I need to not be afraid. And I started really researching and thinking about St. Agnes and learning about her and her life and I realized that while I was always teased, that name is really meaningful to me in, in very spiritual and faith-based ways, not, not just as a family name. So I'm still a little terrified to say I'm Donna Agnes Heckler, um, but I will say I'm Donna A. Heckler, and um, I use A now in everything. That's why I'm a little bit insistent about it being in the website. I know that makes it hard. It's Donna, two A's, Heckler. Right, but the A is so meaningful um, because there's history to it, there's faith to it, and it was a I was awakened to what it meant because of the cancer. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That was absolutely beautiful, and I have a huge smile on my face because I'm looking at Zoom and watching Bill too, as as his wife Agnes and. And yeah. yes, my wife's yes. first name is both of us are nodding and smiling and everything too, because there's a connection there and yeah. how beautiful to know yeah. about St. Agnes and yeah. what it really mean, meant to you. And uh, I have a feeling it'll mean more than just uh, to you listening and to others. Thank you. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What a powerful, what a powerful story. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think oftentimes too, I, you know, I, I have a similar uh, story like, like that as well, where, um, where my confirmation name, uh, mm -hmm. it, it ends up being David because my middle name is David and, and I'm William David third, uh, David third. Right. So, um, so, so I wanted to pick a different confirmation name other than David, but my grandfather had taken David and my father had taken David. So my, my mom and dad go, you're going to take David. And I'm like, well, that's not my choice. I, and you know, technically it kind of might invalidate the sacrament, uh, you know, from, from not being able to choose your own name. And I wanted the, but the name I wanted to choose was St. Boniface. And, um, now, now I, in sixth grade, enjoyed the name Boniface because of how it sounded. 
right? Um, but, uh, and, and, and my mom and dad thought I was being rebellious, and they forced me to take David. So, so my name on the confirmation certificate is William David David, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, you know, oh. and, and so... But, God bless. Right, but you know what? I mean, um, years later, uh, I've always had this intrigue with St. Boniface because I did research him when I was in, when I was in uh, you know, middle school, and, and I did finally years ago, I think it was two or three years ago, I sent my mother the story about him chopping down this uh, this uh, pagan tree and and how the Christmas tree got kind of its name from St. Boniface and how it came to be. Um, and my mom goes, oh, I am so sorry. I didn't let you choose Boniface. I didn't realize what a powerful saint he was. And then, <laughs> and so, you know what, there, there, there's the similarity in, in, in that, like, okay, I, we don't realize, you know, sometimes the power of the name. And even if maybe we're goofing around or we're thinking, oh, I, I don't want to um, truly, re, you, know, you know, reveal that, you know, right now, it, there's, something, there's something there that God is prompting. Okay, you know what, I, pray, to, pray to this, use this, you know. And so, and, and so for you, definitely, and, and for me in the same boat there, it's like, yeah, this, there, there's something in the power of a name. The power there of is. There is, and and um, you're right. And you start peeling it back. It's like this onion. You keep finding deeper and deeper layers to it, all coming from God. I um I remember um I loved Mother Teresa. I mean, who hasn't right? But I just really followed and loved her, and and, and watched everything and read everything I possibly could. And and it was maybe a year after I had started using Donna A. Heckler that I was watching the movie and found out that her given name was Agnes. Mm -hmm. That's and right. I, it was. I all but melted down. I was like, oh, my heavens. I've been <laughs> ignoring this name. I've been pushing this away. And yet, it really is an avenue to open me up to deeper faith. To all these special people who have this name and what have they done? Lean into it, Donna, right? Lean into it. So. I love that we're talking about this. This is so great. Thank yeah. you because oh. uh, I know that that's affecting people. You know, uh, there's always a reason, right? Yeah. Every conversation has a reason. And, and research your name, right? Research your name. If, yeah. if you have an odd, weird name, you don't, might not like it, um, research what it means. And, and, and research the saint behind it. That's, the, you know, if you're Catholic, and sometimes we don't have, people aren't named after Catholic saints, and that's okay, but research the etymology of the name mm -hmm. and understand where it's coming from and, and, and understand the personality because God gives you the name. God that's gives right. it to you. That's right. I agree with that. I, when I was growing up, I mean, being my name's Anne Marie is my formal name, two words, you know, and A-N-N-E. And I didn't know when I was a little kid that that was, Jesus's grandmother, pretty much, right? I mean, Mary's mother. Yeah. And I had a very close relationship with my mo my mother's mother. And when she died, I mean, I was pretty devastated. I was 28 and we were very, very close. And and her faith inspired me. But it hasn't been until my, you know, middle years and older a little bit here that I understand now that whole idea of Jesus's grandmother and the role of the grandmother I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, but I can imagine that that will take on a meaning of its own once my uh, kids have their own children. <laughs> the role of grandmother. So, absolutely. absolutely. And I know Bill, you understand that. Bill mm -hmm. just uh, his grandmother passed away this past summer, and 
God rest her soul. Yeah. And, and much like you, I was, uh, live streaming the funeral. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I had to do a few of those two this year, just horrible. But you know, I mean, there, there is grace in, in that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll, I'll just say, I, I, I'll just say I had a opportunity, um, to, uh, my, my grandmother talked to me many, many times about reading a poem at her funeral. And she wrote this poem and, um, she had asked me to do it. And I said, absolutely grand. You know, I, when you die, I'll, I'll read this poem. And I couldn't attend the funeral to read the poem. So, uh, so my, my dad said to me, cause he was able to go in for the funeral. He was, and, and my mom and they were, some of the immediate family was able to be there. I said, I said to my dad and my mom, I said, just email me the poem or screenshot it to me and I will read it and I will record it using audio and you can play it at the funeral. So now this poem that uh, was, re- was recorded, I put background music to it. I made it sound really pretty because this is what, you know, this is what we do here in part of the ministry, mm-hmm. right? And... Uh, it now has become immortalized. Like it, like people, people keep playing it on their phones. They keep, I I got a text message two weeks ago from one of my aunts that said, I can't stop listening to this. I've been listening to it two or three times a day. Like, and I said, isn't this the way that my, you know, my grandmother would want it. You know, I was able to read it. Amen. And able to do it. And even though, you know, I couldn't be there in person to, you know, to read it aloud. Now we get to hear it over and over and over again. I think of the radiance in that, how you were able to use the tools that you have to do this poem and share it and get her message out and how God is using this time to get that to so many more people for so much longer. I mean, that is just spectacular. That's beautiful. In in the course of the sadness. Yeah. So there you were. Just wow. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's just amazing how the Holy Spirit's working through this time on the air right now. I mean, there's so many amazing stories and correlations, and it's just incredible. (laughs) Really, honestly, honestly, and it's making me smile, and I just can't stop smiling. So thank you both. Thank you both. Thank you, Lord. God always has this plan every day for our lives, you know, everybody we meet. Yeah. So it's, it's just so great. Yeah. Um, I thought we could just kind of switch topics if we could about the marketing and advising aspect of your website, because that's something that you do, mm-hmm. something that you offer to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an amazing thing. And it can still be done right now during this time of the pandemic Absolutely. virtually. So I thought you could, maybe you could share on that with uh, those listening. Sure, sure. So first of all, It occurred to me the other day when I was talking to somebody um, who needs a little bit of marketing help that I need to really put a lot more information up there. So I'll let everybody who's listening know, stay tuned. I'm going to fix that. Um, So I have always sort of behind the scenes consulted. I mean, I, yes, I was in corporate, but people would often say, Hey, can you chime in on this? Or, you know, I wrote different books and Hey, you know, what did we run it through? I've always sort of behind the scenes had this marketing arm where I would just step in and try and support organizations. Since the book Marketing God, and really before that, I started to realize how much I could bring forward to faith-based entities. And so I've tried to sort of 
recapture the things I used to do in corporate and streamline them a little bit um, for parishes and ministries and bring those forward. So there's lots of different things that different groups need. Um, and often when I do consulting, I'll just spend a little time up front understanding what the issue is, right? In fact, Dan, you and I talked about, like, if you read the book, tell me what the two big chapters are, three big chapters, right? Because that will help me know where you need help. Um, and then what I try and do is, is have different techniques, different little projects, different things that we can do that everybody can chime in on so that as the marketing is developed, it's not sort of Donna saying, here's what it should be, but it's more us collectively saying, you know, given what you know about your organization and what I know about marketing, pull those two things together to make a difference for the industry. That's, that's sort of how I try and uh, approach it. So, um, so yeah, we've been doing more and more of it. And, and I will say, don't do lots of projects. I tend to do several. And I say, I like to go deep. I'd rather really know an organization and know it would be helpful for them than to do tons of little things that may or may not make a difference. So is, is that helpful? Is that what you would like? Extremely. For? No, extremely. Because you know what? Let's face it. This pandemic has brought out something that in the church, the church was already on somewhat of, well, shouldn't even say somewhat. It was on a decline as far as attendance, as far as people really are practicing their faith, caring about their faith. Um, identifying themselves as Catholics. Mm -hmm. So you're coming in with this book at the right time, the right time. So I think this book is going to be great for archdiocese. It's going to be great for dioceses, churches, uh, religious organizations, nonprofits. It's I, a must have. It's a must have. I, I, I tend to agree, but then I'm the author. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in fairness, I would say I really had a co-author, and that was God. Yeah, um, is, is right there in the midst of that book. Um, I, you know, I, I'm going to jump to another little soapbox of Please. mine, if I may, related to the book. Um, you know, so many people keep saying, well, what do we need to do as a Catholic church? What do we need to do as a, as a parish, as a, you know, whatever, whatever. The one thing that I always think about with brand marketing, um, which is what this book is speaking to, is the creation of a brand and what that brand means and how you become loyal to it, um, is that it has to be unique. Anything that really resonates out there has to be unique. It has to stand on its own, and that's how people become attracted to it. And the thing that, that my soapbox that I'm frustrated with is that so many Catholics seem to have lost sight of what makes us so unique. We have a unique presence of God. Nobody else has the Eucharist. We have this thing that is so special. And if I can just get the word out that we focus on that, just focusing on that will make such a difference and open up so many more people, not only to the presence of God, but ultimately to loyalty to him. So, so I just put that out there because that's just the one that, like, how do we help the world understand how important this is? Mm. It's important from a secular perspective in terms of how we market, but it's far more important in terms of what it means for our faith and what it means for our relationship with God. What I really like is your clarity, honestly. It's um, with your writing style and with your website, there's no real scratching your head and thinking, well, what did she mean? How do I do this? I mean, you lay it out there. 
You do. You lay it out there. And for somebody like me, hey, that's what I need. <laughs> I need that. It's very direct. So yeah. if somebody's listening, I don't care who you are. Uh, I would say this is the book for you and go to Amazon for Marketing God. Now, where, where else can they find this book? Is it on Kindle too or anything like that? Yeah, it's, on, it's on everything. Oh, um, it's on everything. Oh, that's so good. You know, I have to really give a big call out to my publisher, which is OSB, Our Sunday Visitor. Um, they did an amazing job. Uh, we keep trying to figure out other things that we can provide people, you know, be it a workbook, be it other webinars. What can we provide to get these tools into the hands of those who need it? So the publisher, OSB, uh, made sure that we got it out everywhere. So, yes, it's on Amazon. You can, if you're a parish, you can go directly to their website and, and get it in, in bulk. Um, at a cheaper rate, of course, so that you can share it with your ministries at your church, um, or if you're in archdiocese, you can do that. Um, you, I mean, it really is, it's in all the bookstores, although bookstores are having a hard time right now, as we know, um, but it is in the bookstores, Catholic bookstores, so you can go there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all over, thankfully, because of OSB and the good work they do. Praise God. Praise God. What is, what does it mean, um, to be an advisor, because I know people are listening and might say, well, what does that mean in her life? How can you be an advisor to someone who might be listening who says, I want to talk to Donna. I want to email with her. I want to find out more what she can do for us personally. Mm -hmm. so, so that's a great question. I couldn't figure out how to phrase what I was. So I called it advisor. Um, I don't like the word consultant because that sort of feels like you go in and you sort of spread a little bit of information out and you leave and and that's not how I like to do it um I like to sort of link arms with somebody and say let's walk through this together um typically if somebody has issues or they're concerned or they've got a question you know you reach out you email me or you call me and the the, the first little bit um is on me because I just did want to help and then if you think that there's a project there or you think that you may need ongoing um support um or work that's where I can really come in and say okay well let's look at it this way maybe we do it like that um but I think the first thing is to just reach out and say here's the issue I think I'm struggling with does this fit within you know your ballpark and as you know Anne, I'll be pretty correct <laughs> And I'll say, hey, yes. outside of my frame of reference, or wow, that's right in my sweet spot. Here's something you might think about. Um, yes, I, in secular world, I have enormous budgets, um, but I have also been uh, on boards of not-for-profits and chairman of the board for some organizations. So I know what it's like to have a small budget. So. I say that because I think sometimes people will hear the big names of companies I've worked with and say, well, we can't afford her. That's not what I'm doing now. We make okay. sure it's really affordable. And I have a, a rate for faith-based entities that is different from anything for secular. So I try to make it really reasonable. And, and honestly, if you say, you know, here's what we have, what can we do? We'll, we'll figure it out. So it's all, it's all about... I mean, this is about helping people get to God. Yeah, It's yeah. nice if I get paid along the way a little bit, but it's about helping people get to God, right? Mm. That's the intention. 
I know Bill agrees on that. I see him nodding. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and I think you know that with w- when you approach business from that perspective as a nonprofit or a religious organization, first um, that leads to success. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and so so thank you for for being um, you know humble and recognizing and and also serving. You know that that's that's a large piece of you know nonprofit ministry is service first. You know. Uh, and so, and so, thank you for for doing oh, that. Of course, I have loved this conversation. I have loved the directions that it has gone in. I especially think I love that you talked about your middle name, Agnes, and just I'm grateful to you for you know speaking about that because you know there's power in a name, as you said, and as Bill said, there's power through the name that God has given you. Right. Right. Well, you know. It really was a Holy Spirit thing because you you read my website, Donna A. Heckler, you emphasize the A and oh, <laughs> there's another 15 minute story. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Awesome. That's right. So, so incredible. I wondered if as we are getting toward the end, uh, Donna, you know, you, you went through cancer, you went through health crisis and there might be people who are listening right now, either they're sick with something, maybe even have had the COVID-19, who knows? And maybe hearing your story of how you're still able to be so uh, loving of God, so loving of your faith, so much wanting to share your faith and working for God, marketing him, right? (laughs) That's incredible. So I wondered if you could share a little bit on that because somebody's listening, I'm sure right now, who could use some kind of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, it, it, what was coming to mind as you were mentioning that um, were a few things. Um, one was to not be afraid. Um, I think, you know, when we become ill or something bad happens, we immediately are afraid. I know I was, especially with the cancer. It's like, and, and really with the leg, what if I can never walk again? Um, and I think part of what I had to learn was that God was there and I didn't need to be afraid because I could lean on him and he was going to take care of things um, the way he needed them taken care of. And so there's this this ability to try and lose the fear by relying on God and turning to him and keeping him close. I think another thing that happens is that we become, we're so used to being so busy that when something happens that's really difficult and we're forced to be quiet or to be silent or lives change um we're not really sure what to do with that and I think one thing I would offer is to rest in that sit quietly in the quiet you know sit quietly as you're feeling and listen to things around you um see what's around you recognize the world in a new way um, and then I think a third thing that I'd offer is even in these most difficult times that you might be facing, find a way that you can be grateful. What can you be grateful for that day um, or in that moment? And as you find your gratitude, you're going to find that God's right there in the middle of that day. So those might just be a, a few things I would offer. I will say I didn't do them right away when I first injured my leg. But over the course of the injury and then the illness, I, I learned to do those things and they brought me immense peace as I went through 
especially with cancer. You're so wise. <laughs> Honestly, awesome I mean stuff. that. You are wise in the Lord. Thank yeah. you. Thank totally, you. Totally awesome stuff. Uh, folks, you know, this this episode, uh, I would encourage you all to listen to it um, again <laughs> a few times because there's, you know, so much packed in here and uh, so much grace of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I know I'll be listening to it again, and I'm talking right now. So uh, please, please uh, go over to our podcast feed. Uh, it's very simple. It's just Patchwork heart.podbean.com. Uh, again, patchworkheart.podbean.com. You'll find all of our programs there, uh, including this one. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I really encourage you to also uh, head over to uh, our website, patchworkheart.org. Uh, we're offering a brand new uh, rosary for, the, for these times, uh, called, a brand new scriptural rosary called the Fearless Scriptural Rosary, where we take all of the, or not all of them, but many of the scripture passages that encourage us to be not afraid and to fear not, and we uh, pair them with the rosary. Uh, right before each every, each and every Hail Mary of the Rosary. So please, uh, go over and check it out. It's completely free. All you got to do is go to our website. It'll pop right up, enter your email, and you can download the uh, PDF uh, and, and, and pray that Rosary because, uh, you know, I, we're dealing with the uncertain times of COVID, and uh, it's just a great resource for you to be able uh, to, to, you know, trust in God and, and be not afraid during these times as we're kind of, uh, you know, finding ourselves in these uncertain days. But uh, Anne and Donna, thank you so much for all the time you spent with us uh, here today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, Donna, you have to come back. <laughs> I, I, would too. I would love that. I love speaking with you, too. Thank you for all that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, uh, until next week, uh, we thank you so much for tuning in to Patchwork Heart Ministry, uh, the Fiat Ministry Network, uh, or even uh, the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation website. So thank you so much for uh, being here and being a part of our show. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission a brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly for only 25 dollars a month you will receive a personal monthly mission including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month sign up for the discover your mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today.